Gunter's Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butter will get it for the win. Got it! He is hard to believe. Here's Troy. everybody welcome to a type of video that i haven't done in a long time straight from the heart no video in the background no guest no nothing today is a tough day to speak um i could have i could have tried to do it yesterday but i just didn't really have the words bill russell my favorite center of all time he has become my favorite center of all time in these past two years since I started this channel, passed away at age 88 on Sunday. Two years ago, it would have just been, oh, that's sad, Bill Russell passed away. But it means so much more to me now. Over the last two years, I've started my timeline. I got so tired of all the GOAT debates that I said, I'm going to do this differently than any kid my age has done this. I'm going to study every single year of the league from the first GOAT candidate that anybody mentions, and that's Mr. Russell himself. So I started from the 1956-57 season that Russell came into the league from San Francisco and studied every single year of his career. And as you guys know, if you follow my channel and are subscribed to me, I'm on 1971. So I did get to finish Russell's career. And in that two-year span of which I watched every single full game he played, shortened games, clips of games that he played, and read his first book, Go Up for Glory, that was written in 1965. And I'm going to be quoting throughout this video because he has some gold quotes in there. I've grown to love the guy for personal reasons, as well as what aligns with the way I see the game. And if you guys follow me and you listen to me, I'm really big on winning. You play to win the game. It's the way I was taught. It's the way I was brought up that, and the way I've learned over time that in the end, the final score will reveal your team's performance more than an individual box score. Because just because somebody scores 40, 50 points does not mean that that's the best for the team to succeed. And that's something that was even more evident when studying Bill Russell's career. And I think everybody should study Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain's careers to view the game from a lens that may change the way you think, the way it changed the way I think. So I'm not just your normal 23-year-old, soon to be 24 tomorrow, talking about Bill Russell. This is from the heart, and here I go. I'm going to sit here and tell you why I think Bill Russell is so great and why he's in the conversation for the best ever as much as any person. But if I were to only talk about basketball in this video, it would do a disservice to what Bill Russell did for society. So let's just start out with talking about him for a sec. He grew up in Monroe, Louisiana, which was not the best place for a black family to live at that time, as he details in his book. He got to see his family get racially abused. His parents talked to a certain way, a certain way that made them feel like second-class citizens or lower. And how do you think that feels for a young boy, a young soon-to-be, you know, black man, a man? That's something you're going to hear a lot in this video. Because that's all Russell wanted to be respected as. 
respect, a big word, a word you're also going to hear a lot in this video, a man. That's all Bill Russell wanted to be respected as. You know, you see these kids coming up today, and the world has changed. Basketball has changed. You got guys that want to be superstars. You want to be the next Michael Jordan. You want to be the next big artist making music. You want to be the next big rapper, next big trap artist. Bill Russell didn't need any of that. He just wanted to be a man, respected like everyone else. And that is not how he was treated, both when he was a kid and when he became a professional. Now, Bill Russell is one of those guys that was a late bloomer to the sports world, like your Hakeem Olajuwon's and Tim Duncan's. His varsity coach at McClyman's when he moved, I hope I'm saying that right, by the way, from Louisiana to Oakland, because his brother was the better athlete and was playing at Oakland Tech, he was saying about Russell, why is it that if there are two brothers in school, we always get the bum? And Russell said that hurt him as it would hurt any kid at that age. Now, let me ask you this. I wonder who that coach was. I don't know who he is, but I sure as hell know who that bum was. Now, one thing about Bill Russell that I think needs to be talked about before I get into the whole civil rights and how great he is at basketball is what he stood for beyond just that. He stood for the right things. Now, the right thing can be debated based on your morals, but we have come to, we're in a society today where the student athlete, you could just take away that student part because it doesn't really matter. Kids are there for one year. They want to get out. Bill Russell went back to school after winning his first championship in 1957 because he left early to go participate in the 56 Olympics, but he wanted to make sure he got that education. And that's a role model in my eyes. Now, one thing that made Bill Russell the 11-time champion that he is, and here's the greatest, funniest thing about what we do with Bill Russell. Every other player, every other great player, winning matters so much for so many fans. But when it comes to Bill Russell, oh, no. We need to say X, Y, and Z to poke holes through that number because it's so unfathomable that a person can win 11 championships in the NBA that we have to poke holes through it. And look, there are some things that are valid. Yes, the probability of winning a championship when there are less teams is higher. Yes, in the beginning of his career, he had to play less rounds to win. And yes, when he first came into the league, there weren't that many black players in the league. But what people do not understand is the way the game changed while he was in the league. Now, this is an exercise for all you guys. And if you listen to my previous episodes, is the NBA getting better and so on and so forth? You can see this for yourself, but go watch a game from 1959 if you can find it or clips of it, and then we will watch a game from 1969 when Russ retired, and you'll see a huge difference in terms of the demographic of the court, the way the game is played, and the state of the league. So for people to try to go out and think that it's easy to win 11 championships, this guy was 10-0 in game sevens, 21-0 in winner-take-all games. Let's just examine that first number. 10 and 0 in game sevens. So how could this be such an unfair team that nobody could stand up to if they went to game seven 10 times? If Sam Jones made a game winner in a game seven in 1962, if the Lakers were favored with Wilt Elgin and Jerry in 1969, and the Celtics were the lowest seed to win a championship at the time and came in and Bill Russell was the player coach that did it. Was it easy? Bill Russell was not the higher seed every time the Celtics won a ring. The Celtics, and in his book, he details that in 1963, 
the Lakers going into the season were favored to win the championship, had it, having just taken them to seven games in 62 in the finals. The next year, Kuzi retires. People are saying Oscar Robertson's Royals with the addition of Jerry Lucas are going to win the championship. But we have this narrative now that because all these guys that were part of the dynasty, some of which were not even all-stars, great role players like Casey Jones, Frank Ramsey, Satch Sanders were not even all-stars in a league where it was easier to make the all-star team because there were less players in the league. And they made it because they were great contributors to a dynasty, the greatest dynasty ever that was led by Bill Russell. Michael Cooper's not in the Hall of Fame. He was part of the Showtime Lakers and was better than some of the players I just named. But he's not in the Hall of Fame. So when people use that whole Hall of Famers thing to detract from Russell, it totally lacks context and is a disservice to how even those series really were. Every single time, oh, but Bill Russell had eight Hall of Famers. So we're going to count Wayne Embry, who was on his last legs when he came to the Celtics, was never an all-star with the Celtics. Clyde Lavellet, who was an all-star with the St. Louis Hawks and was on his last legs, averaging like less than 20 minutes a game with Boston. That's what we're doing. So if we're going to do that, let's talk about how the 2022 Lakers had like 10 Hall of Famers and failed miserably. But that's enough of that. So besides the fact that, it, and listen to Bill Russell talk about it. If you can't, if you don't believe me, this is a quote from the book. Just plain winning is hard. You are playing against the best there is. In other sports, teams have more players and all the players are not necessarily of the same ability. In professional basketball, every man has been an All-American in college. There are only 11 and actually each team plays with its best seven. And when you get the seven best playing out there, you have a game, baby. Make no doubt about it. So that's what Russell's telling you. His competition was not weak. And I've made many posts about that. So I'm not going to go into too much depth there. But the main reason why the Celtics succeeded so much, mutual respect. You may not love everyone. Bill Russell didn't have the best relationship with all his teammates, with Bob Cousy's, Tommy Heinsohn's, but the mutual respect. He didn't bully them. He found the balance that I thought could never be found between the kind of bully-ish leadership style of MJ and Kobe and the want-to-be-everyone's-friend kind of thing, like a LeBron and Magic. He found the blend. And you know why he was so successful of having that killer mentality but also making everybody better? Because Bill Russell is the unique circumstance where he's the only player to be the best player on multiple championship teams that was not offense first. He's the only one of his kind. Defense and rebounding first. If you look at the points per game averages on those Celtics teams, there is not that much between the first guy and the second guy. And it varies per year because whoever scores the most, it's not that important to them. And that starts from the leader. I always say it starts from the top. Bill Russell... When, Red, when he first came into the Celtics, Red Auerbach said rebounds and assists. And you know what? He saw the Bellamy's getting more points. He saw the Wilt Chamberlain getting more recognition on the first team All-NBA and people saying that, well, Wilt's the better player. You're only winning because you have a better team. And he didn't care. He said, you know what? I'm going to keep winning. I'm going to keep winning because that's all I care about. And that's where Bill Russell resonated with me so much by emphasizing that stats are not important. All that matters is the final score. That's the only number I care about. And that's something he emphasizes in the book more than anything. I learned in, when I played basketball, there was one team I was on. It's a personal anecdote. There was a team I was on, and I was on a rec team, and I was the best player on the team. It was, you know, beginner players. And I was like, I'm going to have to carry this team for every game to even have a chance. I'm going to have to shoot 20 shots. I'm going to have to create every shot because they can't create shots. And I was forcing it. I was forcing it. I was turning the ball over. My coach told me, you don't have to make the assist pass. And that changed my life. 
because an assist is an individual statistic. It's not necessarily an unselfish thing just because you pass to someone else. And that is something that stuck with me forever because I was being selfish in that moment. I did care about my stats. But Bill Russell, he didn't. And the best teams, the current Warriors, the San Antonio Spurs, they threw their stats out the window. And that aspect is why the Celtics team was so dangerous. They could beat you from anywhere, with anyone, at any moment of the game. But you know what they do? Bill Russell is a great screen setter. He moves the ball. If you look at, if you actually watch the games, a lot of their offense is initiated from the high post with Bill Russell. And then he obviously is the, the start of their fast break, whether it be him blocking it to people in bounds or getting the rebound and outletting, they're off and running. And that all starts with Bill Russell. And that was a formula that nobody could beat. And here's the thing, mutual respect. We talk about that. You know, there weren't, there wasn't free agency yet. There weren't people, you know, signing big new contracts with other teams. But you could still request trades. You could still be a disgruntled player. Wilt Chamberlain requested a trade. He got traded twice. Walt Bellamy, he wasn't having a good time in, in Baltimore. And, you know, there was also racial tensions between a lot of these white players and black players. And one thing about the Celtics is they didn't have that. And I think that's part of the reason because Bill Russell is such a selfless leader that nobody, he doesn't need the ball. So imagine playing for a guy that's going to do all the dirty work. He's going to rebound. He's going to take care of, take care of, you know, you get blown by on defense. He's going to help be there helping. And he sets screens for you to get open. You get the last shot. You get to score. You get to do all the fun stuff. He does the dirty work. That's your leader. That's taking you to battle, taking you to war every single year. And having the mental toughness and the drive to get the number one seed every single season. Everyone's like, oh, well, the Celtics, they had only had to beat two rounds. That wasn't a luxury or win one round to get to the finals. That wasn't a luxury for every single team. You had to earn that number one seed with a grueling regular season in Chuck Taylors with riding commercial flights with one trainer and one assistant coach and none of the technical, technical, medicinal and medical things that we have even close to today. And this is what they were doing. And Bill Russell had like knee arthritis by year seven because of obviously playing and riding on these planes where he couldn't even stretch his legs. But yeah, you know, we live in the load management era now. It's totally different, right? When I say mutual respect, let me read this passage. Black, white, religious, irreligious. We somehow put together a rather unique example of Americans, a mixed team of men who in 48 tumultuous minutes of play could survive it all to go on and win championship after championship. They were Jews, Catholics, Protestants, agnostics, white men, black men. The one thing we had in common was an Irish name, the Celtics. Believe me, we did the Irish name proud. Through it all, though I tell truths which may nip occasionally at the heels and hearts of some members, we never had a click, we never had a quarrel. A man might be a black superstar or a white superstar. It made no difference. You might see me the bomb thrower out on one night with whites, another night with Negroes, a third night with whites and Negroes. We never considered it unusual. We simply considered ourselves a proud group of men who brought the distinction of being something no one else could be in our sport, the champions of the world. That tells you everything you need to know about the Celtics. And why did the Celtics win 11 rings? It's because their era was weak? No, it was because the Celtics were the one of the best teams ever that were special and knew how to come up big in big moments and rode with each other and rode together year after year. Now, those years and those championships did not come without hardships off the court as well as on. 
when you say mutual respect, there's a reason why I keep emphasizing that because that's not what Russell was treated with. You know, there may have been guys cheering at the game, but those same guys or some of those same fans saw him in his new Lincoln and said, hey, N-word, how many crap games did it take you to win that car? That really makes you feel like the star of the city, doesn't it? How about when he was trying to move to the to Reading, a neighborhood in Massachusetts that was all white at the time, and they signed a petition that they didn't want Bill Russell to live in their neighborhood. And Bill Russell was like, nah, fuck that. I'm not going to – they can't just I'm, – I'm paying the bills. And they're just going to kick me out. So he comes home, house trashed, shit on the walls with the N-word written in shit, pool table ripped up and covered with beer. How about that for respect? How about that for being treated like a man? This is what Bill Russell says about the pride of competition. It's not just the money. It's far more important. It's the challenge and the pride of being a world champion and of playing for it. Perhaps in the final essence, that is true psychology. A band of men playing for a goal. Just a bunch of men who understand each other's faults going flat out for the championship. Maybe when you hit that point, you've touched upon the true beauty of sports. Russell's mentality that set him apart. He may have not been as talented as Chamberlain. He couldn't shoot like Walt Bellamy. He didn't have the on-ball talent of Oscar Robertson, but he's the best defender ever. To me, he's the best rebounder ever. And his mentality, his psychology, his smarts, his basketball IQ, and his understanding of team dynamics is unlike any other. Now, I recommend to you guys all, if you don't want, if you want to believe how Russell won 11 championships without watching the games, because there aren't, there's not even one full series of his career, just go listen to the man talk and you'll see everything. Because that's how it was for me. There are certain guys that resonate with you that when you listen to them talk, everything they say aligns with what you've learned. And you just say, this guy fucking gets it. And over the last two years, every single soundbite I hear of Russell, this guy gets it. Because I've understood now, it's not about your stats. It's about doing whatever it takes to win. And in the final score, your performance will be shown. The casual fan does not agree. The casual fan thinks you win championships in spite of bad players playing significant minutes. I don't agree with that. Because... You cannot be on a court on like a professional level. Even if you're missing every shot, you have to be doing something good on defense to keep you on the court. You have to be doing something, whether sometimes less is more. Sometimes what Russell did was not try to go score 20 points inefficiently because that allows him to score 15 more efficiently and Sam Jones to get his 15 shots a night. Sometimes shooting the ball, and even if you make it, is taking away from somebody else who could get in a better rhythm and do something else to greater benefit the team. And Bill Russell, to this day, I don't think any one person, not Magic, not Bird, not LeBron, not Kobe, not Jordan, has ever understood, even Curry or Duncan, has ever understood team dynamics the way this guy did. It wasn't, by the way, we're not done with the race, with the incidents involving racism. Sam Jones and Satch Sanders were denied service at a hotel restaurant in Lexington, Kentucky. And Russ stood up for, his, for the cause first and said he's out of there and the rest followed suit bill russell stood up for what he believed in he knew he was a man that regardless of skin color was to be treated like everyone else and he stood up for it when people were too scared to because of the consequences that they would face he got the keys to the city in indiana the whole celtics team did and were refused service at a restaurant the same day how are you going to tell somebody you got the keys to the cities but you're not even going to let them open the door how about refusing to take the floor at the 64 All-Star game because the owners didn't promise the players a pension plan? He's, he and the players refused to take the court, even though it was a close vote that they had so close they had to re-vote. 
a man. During the All-Star Exhibition Tour, during an offseason, someone told Bill Russell, you're going to stay at... After he had just told white players where they're staying. So you know what that means. And Bill Russell went back to the airport and flew home. He said it cost me several thousand dollars, about a quarter of what I was earning that year. I was broke, but I was a man. I would do it again. Standing up for what you believe in. Standing up for what's right. And on the subject of what's right... He said this, I have said that I've become disenchanted with the civil rights movement. I do not believe there should be more compromise. Right is right. So what he's saying is, stop trying to find a middle ground with the white man, with all these racist fuckers. You stand up for what is right. We should be able to do what they do. We are all humans. We are all men and women. Bill Russell's a man and deserves to be treated as such. Another quote, I have seen men in many sports who play only according to the schedule. In my mind, the schedule is every game, and that's that. Here's the way I look at it. I'm a professional ball player. I am paid because people pay to see me play. Therefore, I must give them 48 minutes worth of the best game I have, regardless of whether we are playing for the world championship or just playing out the string in early March after we've already won the regular season title. The fan deserves it. It costs him an average of $4 for a ticket. $4, I assume you worked hard to earn. I am earning my money. It's that simple. It doesn't make me a great guy, just a pro. You could have replaced it with just a man. $4, guys. Nowadays, you got guys load managing with got people paying $100 plus for a ticket. He said $4. Mind you, these are the same fans that he did not even do a retirement ceremony in front of because of the way he was treated. The racist, same racist fans, he is saying, he earned for his ticket, so I'm going to make sure I play and you may, uh, you get your money's worth. That's a different level of commitment. A lot of people would not play for fans like that. And this is what I'll end it with. This is the honest story of a man. A man with, I hope, some goodness. A man also with some failings. I was a world champion. I was a man. Yet from Washington, D.C. to Louisiana, my children could not stop to eat. My children could not stop to sleep. They rode in the backseat of the car and by their father, who was their father and a man and a world champion, and we could not stop because we were black. That tells you everything. A world champion, and he couldn't stop on a cross-country drive because of his skin color, and his kids had to see the same shit. And now I leave you with these two. I never in my life consciously work to be liked. I work only to be respected. When Jack Twyman interviewed Bill Russell in 69 in the forum locker room after he won his 11th title in 13 years as a player coach, the first player coach, I'm sorry, the first black coach in North American professional sports to win a championship. I think he got respect, not by all, but by many. And Bill Russell was not the, I mean, think about it. Standing up for what he believes in at this time, he was viewed as surly. He was viewed as a smart ass, unapproachable sometimes, and not the sweetest person in the world. But that's because he didn't trust these people. He didn't trust the white media. He didn't trust what was happening in society at the time. How could you if you were him? But overall, he gained much more than respect. And this is the final quote. I'll leave you. 
I have my own ideas for the future. I have my hopes, my own hopes and my own dreams. I believe that I can contribute something far more important than mere basketball. I said before, three emotions have always been very real to me. Fear, prejudice, and bitterness. It is the reactions to these emotions that make a man. In the end, I live with the hopes that when I die, you'll be inscribed for me, that it'll be inscribed for me. Bill Russell, he was a man. I'm afraid you were much more than that. An icon, a role model, a leader, a pioneer, somebody that inspired people of all races for years and decades. Yesterday wasn't a normal day. We lost maybe the greatest figure in the history of basketball. I hope in this video, you picked up on why he was so special on and off the court. He's going to be greatly missed, but never forgotten. And as long as I'm around, never disrespected. Mr. Russell, thank you for everything. We love you. Rest easy. And have fun in that pickup game with Wilt. Reunited at long last. God bless.